Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. We're continuing the long rows and today we're up to 80 minutes. How are we going to do it? Well, I'm going to break this down into 8 minute chunks. And what we're going to do is keep this as a low rate. So we're going to go 18 strokes a minute, then 20 strokes a minute, then 18 strokes a minute, then 20 strokes a minute. But then we're going to do 4 minutes at 22 and then 4 minutes at 24. And then we're going to go back into that 8 minutes at 18, 20, 18, 20. And then we're going to do the 22 and the 24 again. And then we'll be all done. And it'll be simple. So this is how we're going to make the 80 minutes a bit more manageable. Because if you look at the monitor and see an hour 20 there, it can be a bit daunting maybe. So if you just break it down into eight minute chunks, then these kind of two four minute chunks as well, then actually you're only ever looking eight minutes ahead. So time should fly by. Now pace wise for the row, well again, I'm going to give you the option here. So for the 18 strokes a minute, you can do that at 2k plus 20 to 22. If you want an easy easier workout you set the 22 side if you want a slightly harder workout you start at the 18 strokes per minute at 2k plus 20 then for the 20 strokes a minute you get the same option of 2k plus 18 to 20 and then the 22 strokes a minute you get the option of 2k plus 14 to 16 and then the 24 strokes a minute you get the option of 2k plus 12 to 14 okay so there's a good basically when you start you're just going two seconds faster for the stroke rates as you go up and so this just gives you a little bit of an option for how tough you want it to be i'm going to be sitting on the back end of this because i want to keep this as a nice real low uh foundation building slow row if you want to do this as a push one maybe as, an, as a way to train for a 60 minute or maybe even training for a half marathon then maybe you want to sit on the faster end of this pace guide okay so enough about the main row let's quickly just get into our four minute warm-up now as always we have to set up our machine first so check your drag factor first if you don't know what drag factor is or where to set it please check out the video on my youtube channel next up go to the monitor and set it at eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down and finally the foot strap should cover either the bottom lace of your shoe or if you're in socks like me they should just make it so that you can comfortably hinge bend forwards at the front of the stroke and what you're looking for is to be able to get uh, that flexibility forwards to get your shins pointing vertically okay so your foot stretcher height has a big impact on that too high you're going to find it harder to get that flexibility at the front little added little tidbit there that i don't normally say so four minute warm-up just to get ourselves nice and warm and ready for the 80 minutes starting at 18 strokes per minute in three, two, one, go. Now pace-wise for this, I just want you to ease yourself slowly into the warm-up, okay? So you're just getting your body moving, the muscles working a little bit, your heart rate going up a little bit, just to make sure that you're nice and warm before the 80 minutes ahead. Also means that you'll get any kind of dry mouth stuff out the way so you'll get through this four minutes have a good last drink before the main workout and if you're prone to any kind of discomfort from your backside when rowing then this first four minutes will kind of create that little discomfort you can then stand up and ease off while I go through the 
describing the main row again. And then hopefully that should mean you'll be fine for that main row. But again, as much as the aim is to try and get through the whole 80 minutes of today's row, if you do suddenly feel you're really dehydrated, so want to stop for a drink, then do stop for a drink. It's the same with if your backside starts to get quite sore, then stop and stretch off. You're not meant to suffer through these kind of rows. In time, you'll develop the, I don't know what, the last ability of your backside, is that the best way to describe it? And you'll get used to knowing how much to hydrate before a row. Okay, in two more strokes, we're gonna take one foot out the straps. So here we go, foot out on the floor, and then row with just one leg still strapped in. Get the foot that's on the floor in a comfortable position so that you can still row well with the leg that's still in. You shouldn't be falling all over the machine or anything. One more stroke. Let's swap legs. Whoop. Again, it's much easier for me because I'm in socks. So I can just slip my feet in and out of the straps. Remember, a good solid push with the leg that's still strapped in. Don't take it easy just because you've only got one leg in. Right. One more stroke. Let's put both feet in, straight legs, and then just roll with your back and arms. So swing over your hips, and then pull in your arms, but just be sure to start the swing first, and then pull in the arms, and then push out the arms, then swing forwards. It's a really important component of your main stroke, getting those arms away and then rocking forwards. One more. Let's roll to the front of the machine, straight arms, and just drive out with your legs. You don't have to go too far back. This is all about the initial connection with the flywheel, so you should be able to just hold that forward lean with straight arms and not have to worry about leaning back. Just work on that connection with the flywheel. Last stroke. There we go. So that's a four minute warm up all done. Like I say, if you feel you need to quickly stretch your backside, do that. Otherwise, have a quick drink, move up and down the rail, and I'll quickly go through one more time what it is we're doing today. Just a quick reminder that these podcasts are taken from the videos that I host on YouTube. If you want to see what I'm doing rather than just listen, then check out Row Along on YouTube or head to rowalong.com. So we're about to do an 80 minute row, okay? So go ahead and put in one hour 20 into your monitor if you like, and then set the splits to eight minutes so you can get an idea of how you get on from split to split. Because how we're gonna do it is we're gonna break it into eight minutes, 
and starting at 18 strokes per minute at 2K plus 20 to 22, then 20 strokes per minute at 2K plus 18 to 20. Then we're gonna repeat the 18 and 20 strokes per minute, then we're gonna do 22 strokes a minute at 2K plus right about 14 to 16 for four minutes, and then we're gonna do four minutes at 24 strokes a minute at round about 2K plus 12 to 14. Then we're gonna repeat that whole uh, thing again, and then that'll be it, that'll be the 18 minutes done. Now it sounds like there's a lot to do, but really there isn't. And I'll make sure and call out when to change the stroke rate and pace, and there will be a graphic up on screen as well if you're watching this on YouTube rather than the podcast. So. That's it, that's gonna be our row, 80 minutes non-stop, but if you have to stop to have a drink or stretch yourself off because you're not used to rowing this long, please do, okay? You're not gonna win any awards for suffering through this one. So let's have one last drink. Get yourself strapped in. Ooh. Put your phone on silent mode or flight mode or whatever, and let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> in three, two, one, go. Okay, so 18 strokes a minute at between 2k plus 20 to 22 pace. Now if you do start on the faster end of this, which would be 2k plus 20, then when we come round to repeat the whole thing the second time round, just have a wee think about how your body's doing and are you happy to continue that pace? Depending on the reasons why you want to go faster, it may be that you kind of need to go through that hard effort. Say you're training for a 60 minute time trial or even just want to really build up that core fitness to be able to do a 30 minute or a 10k at a nice fast pace then if you decided you want to go fast on this one in order to develop your speed then try to stay strong don't give in to any feelings of being tired if you go through a 80 minute row regardless of pace you're going to feel it just being on the machine and putting in enough power per stroke it's going to take it out of you so anyway I've kind of taken to on these longer rows breaking up how I talk to you about technique because if we're just in a half hour row I need to try and squeeze in all of my tips and thoughts about technique in half an hour so I kind of hit the ground running and try and give you it all through half an hour but with 80 minutes ahead of us it means I can give you a global overview let you have a think about how you feel your stroke is while I talk about something else and then I can come back and unpack the stages of the stroke 
even more so that I'm not just overwhelming you with a bunch of information at once that you're, you're thinking, hang on, what am I supposed to be listening to here? Straight back, uh, bent arms, what, hey, who? So yeah, I'll do that again today. Just give you a global overview and then talk a bit about, ah, who knows? Not planned any of this out to be honest, so really should start writing things down. So the rowing stroke. Remember there's five stages to it. The catch is the front of the machine as you're getting ready to drive from the front so that's the second stage is the drive catch is your position here right before the drive so catch drive then at the back of the machine is the finish finish then the release which is how you come out of the finish and then the recovery is when you slide back to the front of the machine into the catch again, ready for the next stroke. Each stage of the stroke has its own kind of best practices. That's a good way to describe it. And if you can hit them, you'll have a good stroke. Right, before I talk about that though, that's five minutes gone. And if you've been doing these rows along with me, building up your time five minutes at a time, well, we're now just back at the 75 minute row. And you hopefully, won't feel as though you're anywhere near tired after that five minutes. So if you completed the 75 before, you should now be thinking, this is gonna be easy. Just another 75 minutes to go. I say easy, you still have to put in the effort, but you get what I mean. Anyway, so, stages of the stroke. It's best to always think about the catch first because that's what sets you up perfectly for the drive. The key things in the catch are straight arms, then a forward body lean. So you want your body leaning in to about one o'clock on the clock face. Then your shins point vertically. Remember I spoke about that when talking about foot straps. So your shins point vertically. Your head is at a nice neutral position. So you're not looking down. 
so you're not looking up. And posture-wise, you're sitting up on your sit bones. You're not slouched for the rounded back. Okay, so up on your sit bones. And that should be you in the perfect position. Now with the posture thing, you wanna have a braced core and a powerful back. I'll talk about them more when we unpack in more detail. Right, I want top technique for the next 20 seconds, just so we can count down our first transition of stroke rate. So we're gonna go up to 20 strokes a minute in three, two, one. Right, here we go, 20 strokes a minute, 2K plus 18 to 20. Hopefully just increasing your stroke rate has been enough for your pace to also increase. Just that extra shove from your legs. And that brings us back to technique. So you've got your catch position, straight arms, shins vertical, forward lean, good posture. And then the drive, you plant your feet into the foot plates and push with your legs. And that's important. I want you to think about pushing the machine away with your legs not pulling the handle with your arms. Your arms stay straight as you push with your legs. And you keep that forward lean as you push with your legs. It's all about the legs from the front. And then, when you're about halfway through the leg drive, that is when you finally swing your back from that forward lean into the backward lean. Remember we're doing that in the warm-up too. You swing your back and then pull in your arms. into your chest at around about sternum height. But again, I'll talk more about that later. So that's the finish. Nice, powerful posture still. Braced core. But then, once the handle touches your chest, you send it straight 
back out again at the same pace you pulled it in at so not throwing it out jerky not just in out get it nice and straight and that movement should initiate your forward lean rocking up over your hips onto your sit bones and then when the handle is past your knees you can bend your knees and that lets you effortlessly recover sliding to the front of the machine into the catch position ready for the next drive that's really it the most important parts are covered in that overview your back lean from a one o'clock at the front to 11 at the back straight arms as you drive pushing the legs posture up on your sit bones at the catch and then making sure to get the handle past your knees before they bend to return you to the front of the machine again so just have a think about that what your arms doing are they straight what's your back doing are you holding that forward lean at the drive are your shins getting to vertical at the front just be aware for the time being of each stage of your stroke so that when we talk about it in more detail you can analyse it properly and react as you need to so coming up to 14 minutes gone should be properly warmed up by now heart rate is probably close to the 65 to 75% mark which if you're doing this as a heart rate cap in order to build your baseline see if you can hold it between that 65 to 75% of your maximum heart rate for the duration of the row it might get a bit spiky as we get up to the um, 22 and 24 strokes a minute but as long as it 
settles back down again to between 65 75 that's fine so many different ways to approach your training whether you do it heart rate capped or like I'm doing just basing it on my average 2k pace you'll find some people will do plans based on watts which is just as valid but I find the differences on each stroke in watts can be so high it's hard to really gauge how well you're doing from stroke to stroke whereas if you have the monitor set to your 500 meter split time it's a better idea okay two strokes one stroke but back down to 18 there we go just take a moment to get your rhythm back in drop off your pace by a couple of seconds I mean it could well be that that time spent up at 20 strokes a minute has kind of loosened and powered up your system so you now find you're either finding the 18s a lot easier to row or you suddenly find yourself only dropping one second now I kind of warn against going too fast right at the point of the, tra the transition from one stroke to another and holding it there just Make sure you're comfortable. Don't get eyes bigger than your legs here <laughs> and start to think that actually you can blast your way through this one because we do still have 62 minutes left of this row. You don't really want to burn yourself out, do you? However, if you are looking to push this to try and improve, improve some time trial stuff, then you know your own body, you know, you know what it can handle. I don't, so remember, all my training pace guides are just that, they're just guides and admittedly they are on the lower end when it comes to the training pace you could go a lot faster through the same stroke rates than I prescribe and turn this very much into a top tier row 
but again unless you're actually training for a 60 minute or a half marathon then I think the benefit of this row lies in its ability to really develop your foundation fitness build up some mitochondria and basically have the power station of your blood cells increased because of this long slow row this is why I'm constantly talking about how you don't push the slow stuff you can if you're momentarily wanting to overload the stroke for a specific purpose but really what you want is 80% of your training to be that kind of foundation level that builds up your energy system certainly no less than 60% and even then the 20% that I'm allowing for in a change should only be at the kind of the tempo training so you're not really doing 60% at foundation and 40 at sprint because that way you'll just wreck your system there is, I mean if you read enough about it you'll find a lot of people talking about that middle training zone how dangerous it is in terms of just not doing anything for you it doesn't make you stronger doesn't make you fitter what it does do is expose you to hardship that you need to experience when doing various time trials so it still has its value but only 20% of the time oh, sorry mini rant there but I'll continue in a sec but it's important that the tiers you understand why they're there right I got my mass right or wrong here wrong so I've got two minutes of this haven't we yeah yes we do so I've got another two minutes at 18 just check yeah sorry suddenly thought we were changing with at the 58 minutes to go mark but just to really finish off this whole tier system for training purely because somebody asked are bottom tier workouts for new rowers and mid for intermediate and then top for expert it'd be easy actually to think that especially if you've not read my training 
kind of the training programs on the 2K and 5K that describe them, but there's no such thing on my plans as a beginner, intermediate, and expert session. Every single one of them is for every single one of you. And this is why it's all based around a 2K pace so that 20 seconds slower than your 2K average is gonna be different to 20 seconds slower than my 2K average. But as a kind of rate of effort, it's gonna be the same amount of kind of percentage drop. So anyone just does any session but you need to know your 2K average time. Right, two more strokes. One more stroke. And back up to 20 strokes a minute. There we go. And a couple of seconds faster than you were rowing at before. It's important that you do change your pace as you go through these stroke rates because there is a correlation between stroke rate and speed so you do need to develop that sensation of more of a shove with the legs from the front of the stroke in order to go faster because like if you look at how programmed today, you go two seconds faster from 18 to 20, two seconds faster from 20 to 22, and two seconds faster from 22 to 24. If you just held the same pace for each stroke rate, you're not really getting the benefit of today's session. And after all, if you've sat down and plugged in 80 minutes into your monitor, I'd have to hope you've done it to try and get benefit from the session. You're not just done it for a way to escape the kids or family for 80 minutes or whatever. The rowing machine is a fantastic piece of kit if you use it to its best capacity, is that the right word? So you could just sit down and tickle the machine back and forwards, not really putting in any effort with your arms and legs just rocking up and down not particularly breaking a sweat not really feeling like your legs or arms are getting tired at all and really you're wasting your time and what you'll find is because 
you won't really see much fitness gains and because you're not really putting in the power you won't really see the effects of calorie burn when it comes to fat loss and also there's a good chance you'll just find it boring because it's not testing you in any way so usually what happens to these people is they say they don't enjoy rowing but they just stop doing it and for those that read a good magazine article that says rowing is the way forwards and have actually spent hundreds of pounds on a rowing machine suddenly they regret that decision and it ends up on Gumtree or Craigslist or eBay etc whereas if they just put in the right effort the right stroke technique actually adopted some kind of a training program so that then they could see the effects that rowing can have I'm sure they wouldn't have dreamed of giving up the thing is this little monitor in front of you tells you everything you need to know in terms of are you improving or not because if you look at a session like this and when you're at 20 strokes a minute and it's showing you your speed either as watts or wherever you want I still prefer the 500 meter split time for speed but every single stroke you get that feedback that you're either holding your pace you're able to go a little bit faster if the session calls for it or if you've been slacking off you see it right in front of you taunting you telling you that you're too slow and it's the same with the distance covered and projected finish display on the concept too where you constantly see it going up and down depending on the pace you're putting in so you can see that hang on I've eased off too much on that stroke and overall across the row it'll cost me like 300 meters or so so the monitor does it but then it must be said even after a few weeks of rowing properly you should not only see body changes in terms of muscle definition and weight loss and posture because I mean my upper back posture isn't always great but I'll tell you one thing 
It's a heck of a lot better since I started rowing than I was before. Mostly because I was a cyclist before. You spend hours hunched over the front of a bike on rides and then hours hunched over a desk at work. You don't want that. So just that pulling motion at the finish when you squeeze your shoulder blades together really does help your upper back and then your lats kind of start to give you that nice v-shape to your back as well as you get more powerful okay so we're about to go into our first bump up to 22 strokes a minute in three two one here we go so another couple of seconds faster as you go another couple of strokes faster only for four minutes and then once the four minutes is up we'll nudge up to 24 strokes a minute before going back to the 18s and 20s again now as we get through the 22 and 24 you should find that that just slight increase to your stroke rhythm should help with your transition from each phase so from the catch to the drive release recover and the finish into the release etc you should find your gliding through each stage a little bit easier because especially down in the 18s it's easy to kind of feel like you're artificially slowing down the movement of your stroke in order to row that slowly and what we don't want is for you to start actually stopping at any point in your stroke in order to try to keep the rate down constantly moving there's never a point when you're holding still there's a tiny transition pause at the front of the stroke as you go from the catch to the drive but that's it and what you sometimes see people doing is they get to the back of the stroke and they hold it and then race forwards and that's not it's not really the best thing to do you want it to be like 
Tai Chi where your momentum is constantly shifting and flowing into each other like each other part of the rowing stroke it's like a dance to be fair a weird dance because we're kind of doing a drive for one return for two it's like a rather higgledy piggledy tango but flow is the point and like I was saying these slightly higher stroke rates help with that flow by removing the need to actually purposefully slow yourself down all right 22 strokes are almost up we're shifting into 24 in three two and here we go so 24 strokes a minute sorry it's about there's a stroke out there wasn't I so 24 and another couple of seconds faster and this should really help with that thought of the handle coming in and out at the same pace so in out in a nice rhythm in out because now you kind of need a little bit of pace forwards and that's what engages that forward lean and you're not going to stuck at the back wondering how to get back out of the back of the stroke and it can also help at the front too with your compression because you're traveling back down the rail a little bit faster a little bit more momentum it can make it easier to get that compression right with your shins pointing to vertical knees kind of tickling your armpit hair if you have any but remember it's all about getting into the right catch position so that when you drive with your legs maximum power goes into the machine so everything from the finish to the catch is all about making sure you're in the right position for that leg drive and also you're doing it in the most energy efficient way while also reducing the chances of injury which again will be what 
about 1700 strokes today ish and if you do them with a poor technique putting stress on the wrong muscles it's a really good chance you're going to develop an injury or just a strain or just be sore the next day when you really don't need to a road like this you should feel tired because you've been rowing for 80 minutes but nothing should really feel sore I mean maybe again your butt might feel sore but that's something that you get used to in time right, four three two one 18 strokes a minute well done that's us halfway there so we're 40 minutes down just under 40 minutes to go and hopefully you'll agree that that was quite a quick way to get through the first 40 minutes of this row I mean again it's not the most exciting way to do it obviously going at time trial pace for 80 minutes will be a lot more exciting than this but don't really want these rows to be at that pace I mean once we get close to the 90 minute which will be the last of these long rows if you think that that's round about the time it will take for you to do a half marathon then maybe just use me for company but enter 21,097 meters into the monitor and just try and cover it within the duration of the row or I mean you could just start it and then row along with me through the main session into my cool down which would usually take it up to run about another five minutes and then see how close you can complete 21,097 there's no pressure at all I'm really only saying to put that in if you think it'll be close to what you can manage if you think it'll take you like two hours to row 21,000 meters then don't worry about it 
when I first started rowing, probably would have taken me, let's work it out. I think my average fastest pace was 205. So that would be 10K in 40, say 41 minutes, just under. Is that right? Oh, I can't do the maths. Maybe I was slower than that. Pretty sure it was about two and a half hours. Because I'd only just started. Went off way too fast. And then ended up having to limp home and take lots of breaks from the machine because I kind of worn out my muscles too fast. And again, this goes back to what I was saying about your butt being sore. Even if I take say two weeks off the machine, when I come back to it, if I'm not using a seat pad, then I can guarantee the first three or 4,000 meters of a row will be quite uncomfortable because my backside just hasn't got used to it. It kind of got out of the habit of that kind of rocking over and back and over your glutes or your gluteus maximus. But you'll notice that I no longer have the P-Row Prow, never knew how to pronounce it, seat pad anymore. Because I did the 75 minute row without it. Couldn't tell the difference. There was no more pain without it. I don't feel it helped my posture. And in the end, basically decided it was a hundred pound extravagance that I pretty much wasted my money on. So, sold it to a friend, took a hit on the money, but that's fine. She needs it more than I did. And we're just past 55 minutes into this row, well 56 now, and I have no discomfort sensation at all on my backside, just using the standard Concept 2 seat. Maybe I've just got more padding down there than most others. I don't think so. I think it's a combination of time in the saddle and posture. Because if you're constantly tucking your butt under and then coming forwards, tuck and then forwards, 
you can really feel your sit bones rolling over your muscles, squashing them as you roll backwards and forwards. Whereas with a good posture up in your sit bones, there's only a tiny pressure point that gets any kind of sensation and that you just get used to after a few rows it just doesn't hurt so not that I'm saying people don't need seat pads but just have a look at your posture first before spending a hundred pounds or even ten pounds on a seat pad okay so we're about to go up to our next 20 strokes a minute in two one here we go 20 strokes a minute two seconds faster so let's really talk about technique for a while so you know why I'm suggesting all these body angles and things so the stroke the drive is all about just trying to get the flywheel or the water or whatever you have in your rowing machine moving to register speed so that's really all that matters is that you get it moving as fast as possible and try and keep it moving as fast as possible for as long as you can through each stroke and that's why there's that specificity big on word about your body angles and posture as you get to the catch and the drive because if you have straight arms that are loose relaxed shoulders ready to take the strain of the drive from your legs and then if you have that forward body lean ready to accept the power up through your posterior chain then up in your sit bones with a braced core to help that power go through and then shins at vertical to give yourself that kind of coiled spring and maximum leg drive into the flywheel then all those things should mean that as you push with your legs the power surges up through your body and into the handle but in order for it to continue going into the flywheel 
You need to keep those arms straight as you drive. And you're basically hanging off the handle rather than pulling it with your arms, okay? Try to get used to that feeling of just straight arms hang. You don't want to feel yourself actually pulling the handle to your chest from the start of the stroke. The pulling comes at the end of the stroke. So don't rob yourself of extra speed by pulling too early. Because all the power from your legs really accelerates the flywheel up. But then, in order to stop it from just slowing down, when your leg drive is done, that's why you delay the backswing going from the one at the front to 11 at the back. Because that backswing adds a little bit more power to keep the flywheel turning at the right pace. And then your arms finish off with that last little squeeze of power at the end. But it's still an important amount that you don't want to waste at the front of the stroke. Much better to let the power all come from your legs at the front. And don't fight that power by bending your elbows too soon. Wait until the end when your back has started swinging. That's when you bend your elbows, send them through your sides and finish with a handle up at sternum height and a braced core to allow you to get the handle back out and swing over your hips into that release and recovery. Because I've said before, and I might as well say it again, if you do a test where you're standing still with your fists down by your sides, arms straight and tense, and then get someone to lift you up by pushing up on your fists, they'll easily push you up because the power from them transfers into your hands and up to your arms and is able to lift you. Perfect power transfer. But if you go kind of bend your elbows a little bit and loosen up, they'll never be able to lift you. 
And that's what's happening with the stroke, is that by having straight arms that then brace against the flywheel for the drive, not grip to death, but just brace. You should see your muscles kind of tense and pop at the drive, but you don't see you completely rigidly lock up. And that's how the power gets through. Whereas if you bend your elbows too soon, suddenly that power can't go up from your legs quite as efficiently. So you lose lots and lots of power. So the key is as you come forwards, be a zombie. Okay? Pretend you're a zombie. And then just tense as you connect. But zombie, 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 tense. Okay, one more stroke. Let's get back down to 18s. So yeah, nice and loose, straight, zombie. And then right at that point when your legs drive into the foot plate, you just hang off the handle, bracing against the power. But you're not completely tensing up your whole body, which does tend to lead to you grabbing the handle and choking on the power. So that's a really important part of the stroke for power transfer, as is that forward lean. Not only to let the power transfer through your body and into your arms, but also just to make sure you've still got the backswing ready to do halfway through the stroke. Part of which is posture related, part of which is kind of what you're doing with your head. Because if you look up at the drive too soon, like here, what tends to happen is that you instantly swing your back over your hips as you look up. Everything follows. So if you can keep your eyes kind of locked on the monitor in front of you, if it's at eye height, obviously if you're on a rowing machine that has the monitor kind of low down, that's not really an option. In which case, maybe focus on a point on the wall directly in front of you in your eye line or in my case even though I've got the monitor at the right height I've got a little Lego character peeking up over the back of the monitor and I just keep eye contact with him as I do the drive and trust me it sounds hokey, but it really does make a difference to keep eye contact 
with the Lego character as you go back. Because you kind of stay forwards until a point where naturally your body just has to finish the stroke because of momentum. But it should keep you in that forward lean for at least part of the leg drive. Ideally you want to hold it there for as long as possible. But even if you can keep that forward lean for the first like quarter or a third for the leg drive, it's still a lot better than looking up and wasting your whole back swing. And again, from an injury prevention point of view, it's really important that you send the power up through your chain up through your back and into your arms rather than swing your back too early and suddenly you're taking it all through your lower back instead of through your power chain which is really important that you have that forward lean and hold it and as much the same way that it's important that you return to it from the finish. So you'll see how quickly I get back into the forward lean. So I'm going kind to of forward, back, forward, forward, back, forward, still forward, back, forward. So the amount of time spent in that backward lean is actually minimal on the stroke. Maybe about an eighth of my stroke. Can't quite work out the time I'm in that position, but because the majority of the leg drive, I'm in a forward lean and then I want to get right back into it in time for the recovery to the front of the machine so that I'm set up with the momentum to move forwards and I'm up on my sit bones rocked over my hips which is why you don't yank your feet against the foot straps at the back of the stroke neither to stop yourself or to pull yourself back up the rail again because all that happens is as you do it your knees come up and your hips roll back and your posture is ruined okay so that's the the number one culprit for poor posture is either stopping yourself with the foot straps or using them to tug yourself forwards and so the tug you don't need because you get your arms away and rock over your hips into that forward lean 
at which point your momentum is sufficiently forward that once your hands and the handle are over your knees all you have to do is bend your knees to slide forwards but then the other side of that is not stopping yourself at the back of the stroke you do that by getting the whole leg drive out of the way before your back and arms come to a finish therefore all of the power from your legs has gone into the machine and you're not wasting it by stopping yourself going backwards by tugging with your feet okay three more strokes to go then we're going to go up to our last 20 strokes a minute split right here we go then 20s one stroke every three seconds and about two seconds faster than you were just doing the 18s at get your breathing pattern comfortable whether it means exhaling on the drive or inhaling on the drive to then do a powerful exhale at the end of the stroke however in order for me to talk to you I have to do the exhale on the drive to give myself enough time to be able to talk to you on the recovery which is why even if you're rowing along to these using the podcasts between the sound of the flywheel and the pattern of my speech it's pretty easy to follow along with me for the stroke rate so anyway feet and straps the higher stroke rates you go through you do tend to have a tiny flick on the foot straps just because the momentum gets so high it's harder to really stop yourself using just your stomach muscles but at a rate like this you don't need to and this is always the time where I demonstrate by taking my feet ah, oops, ah, out of the foot straps so both feet are out of the foot straps yet I have neither flown off the back of the machine nor am I stranded at the back unable to pull myself forwards 
to the front of the machine. So by getting the leg drive out of the way just as or just before my body swing and arm pull, there's no extra momentum that I need to brace against with my feet. There's just a tiny bit of momentum from my arms really that having a braced core at the back of the stroke is all I need. So it's a good way to really focus in on how your abs are working on the rowing stroke by taking your feet out of the straps. It's the same with the recovery that by getting the handle away and rocking over my hips, that's what creates the forward momentum so that when I bend my knees, I effortlessly slide to the front of the machine. It's not all about energy efficiency either. It's also about injury prevention. That yanking on the foot straps means that you're putting a lot of strain on your outside shin muscles, whatever they're called, on your hip flexors and on your quads. And you just don't need to be, especially at these stroke rates. And like I said, if you figure there's about 1700 strokes today, if you were yanking on the wrong muscles 1700 times, it's a really good chance that strain on your muscles will leave them injured or just strained and sore when they really don't need to be and that's the kind of pain that when it sets in can really put people off rowing because they just see it as a pain machine now I'm not saying that Concept 2 or other rowing machines aren't capable of causing you pain but usually it's discomfort from putting in all your effort and your muscles being completely exhausted and your cardio system gone but it's not like a it's not an injury pain that you're meant to get it's a blimmin' neck. that was hard work pain that you basically wake up the next day and you should feel fine to do another row albeit at an easier intensity so you avoid burnout or again 
you do too many top tier sprint sessions consecutively because you are maxing out your muscles you could end up injuring them just from overuse I certainly developed stress fractures in my ribs because I was overdoing it but then I was also overdoing it with poor technique I was launching my back too quickly and making up for it by pulling with my arms too hard at way too high a drag factor so kind of damaged the intercostal muscles and caused rib stress fractures okay so in five strokes four we're going to go up to 22 strokes a minute two one here we go 22s now you'll have seen me hastily putting my feet back into the straps here not entirely because I need to I just I don't want to lose concentration on the 24s and end up flying off the back of the machine because it is there's a level of concentration to rowing and talking to you at the same time that as we all know when it comes to my inability to do maths while I'm rowing shows that there's a much room for any other concentration and once we got to 24 I don't want to just have a lapse I don't think I would but with only seven minutes to go right now I don't want to make a big error and suddenly feel that even for me the professionalism has gone down the swanee and have to redo the entire 80 minute row no thank you it's bad enough when I get sound recorder issues and have to do things like that so we're almost there just got just over two minutes at this stroke rate and then four minutes at 24 and we're all finished so hopefully this has been a good roll for you whether you've been pushing it hard to improve your pace for a time trial or just weather this is the longest that you've rode for or even it's the longest you've rode for at these lower stroke rates which can be a challenge in itself so to get this far through you really should congratulate yourself just remember 
to have something to drink afterwards because you'll have lost a lot of fluid between your breathing and any perspiration and also have some kind of a nutritional meal make sure it's got some protein in there at least whether you go for a carb heavy meal it's entirely your choice whether you know how your body responds to carbs I know mine responds by making me put on weight and making me feel really sluggish the next day so but we are not all the same so our bodies all react differently to different kinds of foods just make sure it energizes you ready for the next day okay one more stroke now we're up to 24 four minutes to go come on a couple of seconds faster still so we're almost done and now thoughts turn to the 85 minutes which I'll either do tomorrow or on New Year's Eve better known as Hogmanay here in Scotland which is just going to be quite a subdued affair this year maybe having a nice 85 minute row will be a good way to do it just depends how I feel tomorrow after this row not that I don't think I'll be able to manage an 85 tomorrow but I just don't want to drain myself when I don't need to and plus you have to understand how hard it is to talk for 80 minutes non-stop not only thinking of new ways to say the same things but also I'm not much of a talker in real life so I do tend to wake up the next morning after doing anything longer than an hour with quite a Leonard Cohen style gravelly voice two minutes to go I am looking forward to enchiladas when I'm finishing this pork mince lots of spices kidney beans a good dollop of cheese and then a big uh, what do you call it big dump no big serving of beetroot salad on the side and maybe some coleslaw after all 
got to figure we'll be getting close up to the thousand calories now for this row so I think I'm allowed to eat things like cheese and tortilla wraps that will beef up the calorie intake but like I say this roll will have burnt off a good fair few calories it's important not to get too far into a deficit you don't want your system to tank and go into survival mode so then when it does get calories it stores them as fat thinking it's not going to get fed again right six five four three two last one one ah there you go I mean I'm certainly so I've been perspiring which is odd because it's it's running about freezing in the studio today you can see the steam coming off me so all the kind of all the perspirations turned into little beads on my little arm hairs and they're freezing cold <laughs> which is a bit strange oh right let me just quickly reset that reset this have a quick drink oh icy cold and then back into the straps and a quick two minute cool down okay three two one go sorry if i faked the start there oh so remember the cool down is just about connecting with the machine don't worry about pace i'm doing this run about 18 strokes a minute and right now 2k plus 45 so very gentle i just want my legs to connect i want my arms to connect still want to swing over my hips still want to pull my arms in but i'm not really putting in any real effort if i was to give this a out of 10 this is about three out of ten because all we're doing is just winding down both physically and mentally because admittedly 80 minutes is a long time to row you know, I've been concentrating quite hard on keeping the stroke rate and the pace. Maybe not, but you know, I figure that a lot of concentration has been going on somewhere. So it's good just to disconnect. And like I said before, just getting into the habit of cooling down, even if only for two minutes, is very valuable. So there'll be like super tough rows that you do that if you don't cool down afterwards you could seize up end up with really bad delay onset muscle soreness the next day that could just have been prevented by doing a two minute cool down so three more strokes for me you can continue to cool down while I just 
do my wee sign off. Oh. So that's it. That's the 80 minute done. Next up obviously is the 85, which I'll try and get done. Either, like I say, either today, sorry, either tomorrow or the day after. Um, but I'll have to see how I feel, see how family stuff is, see what the weather's like. It's been, I mean, it was minus one for most of today. So um, it's a bit cold to be out in the studio. As it was, it's only gone up by one degree by the time I recorded this. So I, anyway, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, do leave a comment on the YouTube channel. I mean, I'm not going to start selling you merchandise. I'm not going to start going, hey, subscribe and like. I know I do that, but I'm not going to. I don't like to just throw it down your throat like all the way through the row and say, now remember, if you're enjoying this row, then please subscribe and like. And, uh, I just at the end of it say, you know what? If you want to leave me a message, if you want to subscribe, you'll get notified of the future ones and that stuff. Um, and that's the reason for doing it, okay? It's not because I want to see my numbers go up like a like Gollum, my precious. It's not like that. It's just, it lets you know when I put up extra ones if you're enjoying these kind of rows. And also the comments, just let me know you're out there because of course I make these for you, so... Um, it's good to know that you're watching them and that you're enjoying them and it gives me a reason really to carry on making them for you. So anyway, so there we go. That's the 80 minutes done. We've got two more of these long rows to do. I have to decide what to do next after that, but that can, that can come after we're done the next two. So I do hope you're well. Please continue to stay safe and I will see you in the next video or I will talk to you in the next podcast. Bye bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.